I think uh, oh I yeah, think he's been there for all of my college memories. Yeah, really. I've well, I've been in college for forty five years, so <laughs> hope so. All right, so Hannah, what do you want to talk about? I've thought a lot about this. This is the only like semi platform I've really had. I feel like to. So I'm like, you know, thinking to myself, like, okay, what are we going to talk about? What is something that you really need to say on a semi, on a, on a platform of any kind? Um, and so some of the topics I thought about were my dislike of the Gilmore Girls was definitely one. But I feel like that's like a fan favorite. But I think I want to talk about it and like give some real life comparisons to that and like how it also compares to like really just like being a role model and um trying to like do the right thing for the people around you um in positions of like leadership and stuff so I think I just want to talk about that okay so what uh what do you have against the Gilmore girls it really isn't like them personally I think if Rory and Lorelai have you ever seen the Gilmore girls I should ask that first I've seen bits and pieces. Okay. Perfect. Um, So I think really if they were real life people, it would be a different scenario. Obviously, like TV shows put people in just these weird circumstances. Um, But I think the biggest thing for me was I grew up with um, basically a single mom scenario. Um, My dad was in the picture, but it was really like my mom raising me and which is what Lorelai and Rory Gilmore are. Um, Lorelai is the mom, Rory is the daughter. And I had a great mom who like cared about me and like was a great role model to me and, um, always made sure that I was safe and I was doing the right thing. And, um, she did the right thing a lot of times. And even when she didn't, she, she knew when she messed up and she made up for it and stuff. Um, but I think my biggest thing with them is it was really, really hard for me to just continue watching the show, which I only watched because of quarantine. Um, it was hard for me to continue watching the show after I watched how like poorly Lorelai's decision-making skills were and how much it affected Rory later on in her life. Um, she would just make terrible decisions based on like being selfish and not thinking of her daughter or her family um or like thinking a lot with her heart instead of her head or and just put herself in terrible situations and then Rory goes to college and she goes to Yale like Yale okay and she drops out because she got her decision making skills from her mother and I'm just and then she ended up going back so it all worked out but I just have beef to pick with them and I get it's a light-filled show but that's my first point is that I just don't think they have great decision making skills and I think they're terrible role models for young girls and single mothers <laughs> okay well I one thing I will say that I agree with you on from the bits and pieces that I watched I feel like Rory made more adult decisions than her mom did absolutely and I think it's it's definitely like I think they tried to make it seem like that show where like, oh, it's the daughter kind of raising the mom, which I think definitely the pre um, college years were a lot like that because it was it was definitely trying to show Lorelai was like fun and the cool mom and stuff. Um, And then when Rory got to college and she had to make decisions on her own, she's like, wait, how do I make decisions? How do I make good decisions for myself instead of making good decisions for my mom, if that makes sense? 
but yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I've been thinking of watching the Gilmore Girls like all the way through. Um, but you make a good point, and <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if I watch it now, I might not be so much like, "Oh my gosh, the Gilmore Girls!" Like, yeah, everyone I think watches it, the Gilmore Girls. I absolutely think it's worth. Um, I really start. You obviously know Lucia. Um, Lucia is one of our other sorority sisters and I started it. She was watching it when I was in Stillwater one weekend, pre stay in your home and lock your board up your windows and stuff. Um, and she was watching it. And then when I came back, I just kept watching it. And I, there was so much going on that I was like, you know, I have to finish it. Like I'm getting really angry, but I have to see what's going to happen. Like I've already committed, but I definitely think it's also a good thing to watch as far as like knowing what to do wrong or seeing how like decisions you make sometimes can be taken or seen or um, sometimes things are really obvious. I also respect that of people who like the Gilmore Girls. It's like, this is obviously a bad mistake, like learn from it, learn from what they're doing and how to treat people or how not to treat people. Um, So I'll give it that. But it's definitely an interesting, I think even with relationships, um, especially for, I don't, my parents were very, or my mom was like very um, protective and um, noticed like what I watched. And so if, if a TV show was inappropriate, um, I wasn't allowed to watch it. Um, and so I don't know that I would have been able to watch Gilmore Girls. I think there was a lot of like adult stuff happening um but I think that it gives like watching it as a young girl probably like idolizing Lorelai and Rory like this mom daughter duo who are absolutely best friends in the world they never fought either which is also the other real uh, non-realistic thing like never a bicker until the end and I'm like that's just not real for daughters and moms like it really isn't and that's okay but it's just not real (laughs) Yeah, it was like the, it was cool to see situations where mom and daughter are like friends and go at things together, but at the same time, like she's your mom, she's probably not supposed to be your friend. Absolutely, and she definitely. There were multiple times when Lorelai was like, "I, I'm your friend. I'm your friend. Like, let me help you. Let me talk you through this. Here's what I would do." It was there was a rare time when Lorelai was like, I'm your mom, like you're grounded or something like that. And it was very much like Rory doing it. But I think if like looking back, I wouldn't have wanted people who are watching it and expecting them to be these role models. I just don't think they set a good example either. Um, So I think it's like a, when you're older kind of deal, you can watch it and be like, ha ha. That's like, that's interesting how they do it. It's interesting how it works out. It's interesting the kind of people Rory associates herself with in the beginning and then in the end and the actions that she takes based on those people. But I think like as a teenage girl watching it, I would have wanted probably to make the same decisions as Rory or I would have put it in my head that my relationship with my mom was like that, which it wasn't. And um, so I think trying to navigate that as a teenage girl would be very difficult because it is a very not shouldn't be emulated kind of situation as far as like decision-making skills go. Hello and welcome back to, so what do you want to talk about? Uh, Again, a heads up, still trying to figure out what I'm doing. So this might be a little awkward, but we're going to roll with it. So you can get over it. Uh, 
this week, I'm really excited about my guest. I've got the boss lady herself, Hannah Majori. Hey, Hannah. Hello. <laughs> That's so funny that you intro like that. I'm excited. <laughs> um, hello, I'm Hannah. Um, I am one of Sydney's sorority sisters, and we've known each other for, I really think, like five years now. Yeah. Um, but I think going off of that, um, I think it like opens up for me too. I think it real, I'm, I think I'm pretty similar to Rory in the sense of in high school, I was really, really, um, involved in like everything I could be, which translated over to college, um, and getting involved and being involved in leadership roles, specifically trying to realize like the balance of um, making decisions and see as a leader and seeing how they're viewed and stuff is definitely a difficult um, task. And so I think that's been an interesting um, thing to reflect on is like how people had viewed me as a leader and, or maybe they didn't view me as a leader. Uh, I think that definitely can happen sometimes. So I think that kind of like, crossed over but I think decision making and how you make your decisions is such a huge role like plays such a huge role in your development um and like your adult life and I'm definitely seeing it now too now that I've graduated um is like you work with people sometimes who maybe never had any leadership experience or yeah that's one thing I'm kind of seeing this summer so I'm uh my internship is online now mm. And we've got the group that I'm working with most of the time. We all get along really well. We work really well together. And I was very fortunate in that aspect. But we had another project where we were assigned uh, a different group. Mm -hmm. And it's, I've noticed that we are not as productive. We don't get things done as quickly just because, um, so my original group, we spent the first couple of meetings that we had just getting to know each other as people and really figuring out how we all work in groups and what our strengths are. And whereas my other group, we really didn't take any time to see, well, what what is your best quality you can bring to this group? Uh, I don't even think we took the time to introduce ourselves. Hmm. Uh, and so just the different group atmospheres um I when I was in high school and especially now in college used to really dislike group projects um mostly because I ended up doing a lot of the work right but with this I figured out that it's or maybe never had any sort of decision making outside of okay I'm gonna do my homework I'm gonna go back to work um I'm, I wasn't involved in anything, so I don't know how to work in group settings. And so I think it's definitely a, an interesting situation. More of who's in the group and if we can work as a group. Um, I feel like being in a group of people who have always hated group projects, I think that's the other group I'm in, is we don't know how to work together because we're so used to doing it all ourselves that it's, well, at what point do I concede my ideas and when do I step up? so as to not be taking over yeah absolutely um this past semester I 
in uh, strategic campaigns at the end of your degree or at the end of your like coursework, um, you do your capstone project and you're in a group of like five to six people typically. Um, and again, like college kids, when, as soon as you come in, you're pretty much like taught you're going to hate group projects too. Um, especially in like the college day and age, just because you always have a person who doesn't want to contribute. And typically you have somebody who does care about their grade. Um, the mix is usually in there and you're trying to navigate how to work with these people who don't care about something that you do care about, obviously, um, and potentially other people do too. And um, I think also it's such an awkward thing typically to assume who's going to be like the leader of the group. Um, it's so weird to be like, okay, who's taking charge? Okay. If I do this, like, am I going to hurt somebody's feelings? Cause obviously you know me well, um, <laughs> I'm typically that person saying like, okay, like, what are we doing? Who's doing what? Blah, blah, blah. Um, so it's weird to me if someone else does it, but whenever somebody else does it, I'm more than happy because in my head, I'm like, okay, great. Now I don't have to do anything. And like, that's me saying it. And I love, I love helping. Like, I love being a part of things. I love putting my name on something that's good. Um, but I think it's just that automatic, like, Oh, somebody else stepped up. They're taking the lead. That means I don't need to do anything. And it's like, no, no, that's not how it works. But I think definitely in any sort of group project, like I said, with my senior capstone, we had a, a stacked team of girls who, I think that's another thing too. We were all girls and we were all very motivated gals. Um, but we had a really stacked team and everybody had different strengths that they were going to bring. And, we knew we wanted to win from the beginning. And so everybody pretty much like got to do their own thing. Um, on one hand, like everybody knew what they needed to do and everybody was very reliable. Um, and so there were never any problems. And I think sometimes too, especially I'm sure you've seen it. Like somebody might be doing the internship. You never know. They're testing it out. They might not have any skin in the game. And so they don't care if they don't reach their deadlines. They don't care if they don't get a graphic done that they're supposed to be getting done or whatever. And then you're like, okay, well, I care that you do. So like, where are you at? Where's responsibility on your priority list? Like, is that a one to you? Is it a 10? Do you not value it at all? Like, what am I working with here? Yeah. One thing that my group uh, that I'm working with this summer talked about at the end of our internship, we'll be doing the Clifton strengths finder. Mm -hmm. We'll be doing that. Well, most of us have already done one, uh, as you know, we've done it a couple times. Right. And those of us who had, we were sending in all of our strengths to this group to kind of see how we matched up. And everybody thought it was funny how much the roles that we've taken on align with our strengths. And I made a comment that I think that when they give you the top five for free, they should also give you your lowest strength. Yeah. I said, if I could know that like, oh, consistency is last on your list. Well, that makes sense. Um, but now I know that. And yeah. I can work with that. Now I know what I can blackmail you with. <laughs> now I know what I can blame you with whenever you don't turn in your paper. <laughs> yeah, the day that I figured out that one of my biggest strengths and weaknesses, I guess, um, I am loyal to a fault. And I... I'm sure you've seen that. I will take up for most people um, to yeah. the very edge. And the day I figured out that the loyalty is good, um, but figuring out 
how I need to work on that and how it can impact my professional life. Mm -hmm. um, that, that was a game changer. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that's such a, I mean, our advisor always beat it into our heads too of like, Hey, y'all need to know this. Like your, your professionals are going to want you to use this. Like it's going to affect you invest time in knowing your strengths, knowing how to use them, um, potentially invest in knowing what they aren't, um, and then take them with you. I think it helps even more too, because I think like Enneagrams have become such a huge thing and your, your Clifton strengths are such a big part of what your Enneagram numbers are. Like they, they contribute so much to it. Um, and like your personality traits and stuff, and they really are who you are. Like I have, um, communications my biggest one it's like okay professional level I like to communicate I like to know what's going on but like social level I love talking I like knowing the game plan I like being strategic about like plans and where we're going and safety and making sure things are ordered on time and stuff and it really does just transfer over and I think the the sooner that you find the value in taking professional or educational items into your like social life or um, only so much, obviously you don't want to be like working all the time, but I think the sooner that you do that, the better off you are and the more like self-aware you are. Um, let's see. Next thing. <laughs> <laughs> do the checklist. No, I'm just like thinking through my head. Um, um, I think I'm, I'm a firm believer that if you wanted to start something like a podcast, um, during like at any time, I think quarantine is your time was your time. I've seen so many people. I think it's really cool. Um, per, like, I'm not someone who, as, like, a creative type person, like, I do photography. I do digital portraits, watercolors, calligraphy, like, whatever. Also, if you show me something, like, I can make it normally. Um, and I think during quarantine, I saw so many people, like, expanding their skills and being able to do some of, like, what I can do. And I think um seeing people do that has been like a really cool you're like oh people get like why it takes me six hours to make something like it's a little bit of like justifying in my heart happening um so like yeah I think it's been fun I think if you're listening to this and you ever wanted to start something like a podcast or a blog I used to have a blog speaking of haven't checked on it in a while <laughs> shameless plug for your blog yeah, really. It's funny. I started it after I didn't get state office. RIP. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think now is the time. I think especially if you are like just waiting on school to start or if there's anybody out there who like doesn't have a job or is just like looking for a little side hustle or whatever. Definitely the time to start. Now, did you just start making like stickers was that a new thing or were you doing that before quarantine? I know you were doing yeah. photography. Yeah. Yeah. So I started making stickers. Um, I guess I got my cricket during quarantine. I had been like messing around with the idea. Like I was just drawing little things and then um, I got TikTok and <laughs> that just led me down a rabbit hole. And I had wanted a cricket for a long time just because of, I've heard it's like a lifesaver for wedding stuff. Um, and so then I was like, Hey, I wonder how I can like take the things I make and turn them into something I could sell. Um, and so I started just like making stickers and I was like, what do I love? What do I want to make stickers for? 
Um, and I have a whole like, what is it called? Like treasure chest of sticker ideas that I'm like working on, but I just started working like two weeks ago. And so I'm trying to like navigate it, but I did start doing watercolors a lot more normally. I've done them for a while, but I've never like had enough time to like sit down and actually like make them um, like marketable, if that makes sense. And so I did that and that's been super, super fun. Um, the Steli print did really, really well. I've had like 40 orders um, oh, wow. and people, yeah. And people love people. A lot of people thought that they were stickers, um, which I totally understand. Um, I guess like seeing it, maybe they thought they just got pulled off the page. So I think I'm going to, I like asked the other day on Instagram, I was like, would you buy it as a sticker? Um, and a lot of people were like, yeah, so I'll probably make some still water stickers. The biggest thing with it, um, and I think this goes for any creative thing, whether it's a podcast, a blog, uh, your photo, your photography, um, your stickers, your prints, whatever they are. I think it's so hard to like get that like message out of your head of, oh, it's already been done or there's something similar to it or what why would people buy my stuff and I think it's just like well it's because you made it like somebody either wants something from you um or like you have a little bit of something different to offer and that's really cool or like you know what put it out there and if people don't want to buy something the same then like they don't have to you know um and I think that if you want to sit here and be like oh but somebody else already has something like it you're just wanting to make an excuse for yourself not to not to start something cool so yeah, I, I love that. And one thing I've noticed, so my mom, she's going to know I'm talking about her. Um, <laughs> so my mom does a lot of Western and wildlife art. Mm-hmm. And we have gone to the Prida West art show, I think, almost every summer. Um, obviously, not this summer. Um, Rip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They moved it to September, so hopefully oh, that's it's good. still happening. Uh, we can see Tim, the security guard. Uh, but one thing that I've noticed is there are so many people who are painting wolves and so many are painting cowboys but everybody does it differently yeah and whether that's something that they learned in art classes or something that they picked up from um just their background Bob Ross yeah Bob Ross <laughs> uh, everybody has something a little bit different and it may take somebody really looking to find it but whoever finds it clearly it matters to them yeah and I think the thing is too is I constantly I'm I've I've been painting since I was probably like eight like I've always loved painting I've always loved drawing and just making things never had any sort of like classical training or anything like that like I really am just like self-taught and so excuse me. Um, I always catch myself like looking at other watercolors or other like state prints or not like Oklahoma state prints, but, um, any sort of city prints or anything, stickers, whatever. Compare yourself. And I think you have to remember too, um, like depending on how you do, depending on who sees what, like other people are going to be comparing themselves to you as well. Like you have to remember that you are being compared to, in the same sense, like have some confidence in yourself, have some like confidence in what you're making and your product to know that people are looking to you for what to, what to do next potentially too. Um, 
which I think is something cool. And I think it means something different to everybody as well. And everybody's got a bit, a different style. And that's why like different kinds of um, different versions of the same thing sell. I think that's why you've got 45 different like Clorox brands, pretty much. I mean, everybody's got (laughs) something different, you know? Um, So, yeah, I think that's all that I have on my list in my head unless you had anything you wanted to talk more on um no any questions you've ever wanted to ask me (laughs) post-graduation um what's your favorite dessert I don't know this oof I'd have to say oh man my grandma makes a mean cherry cheesecake um so that that's definitely a top contender, but always I love like a hot plate of beignets from Cafe Du Monde. Or a lot of people don't know this, but if you ever go to New Orleans, you don't have to just go to Cafe Du Monde to get beignets. Um, you can go to a place called Morning Call, which I personally like more. Um, but a lot of people don't know about it, and so tourists are always like, "Oh, Cafe Du Monde," and they like sit in a three-hour line. Um, but yeah, definitely beignets are my grandma's cheesecake. <laughs> I knew I could get you to talk about Louisiana at some point. There you go. Always happens. <laughs> Always. All right. Well, um, if you don't have anything else you want to talk about, um, then I guess this is it. Uh, Hannah, I just wanted to thank you again for taking the time out to sit and chat with me. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, especially getting to talk with you again. Um, first time in a few months. And yeah, Definitely. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, And also a plug for Hannah. uh, Neutral Ground Creative, is that correct? Yeah, Neutral Ground Creative Co. Creative Co. Um, There you go. You can find some some stickers. And she's a pretty good photographer also once, you know, the COVID's gone. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, So hope everybody had fun listening to us chat. And um, Make sure to tune in next week when I've got another fun guest to talk about a little bit of nothing. Thanks, y'all.